hey, Andrew, man, thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the basics of where it all began for you musically. Um, musically, I think, I think um, my parents listened to loads of music. So like music was nonstop in the house. And it's probably one of the first things I can remember is me like dancing to Fleetwood Mac and Michael Jackson and loads of like pop hits from the 80s and 90s. And um, my dad was the avid rock listener. My mom was the avid pop listener. So it would like rotate. And the older I got, the more I lent to, to rock music. And then the older I got then was like, oh, I can just pick up a guitar and learn that as well. Mm. So that's like, I think that's how the transition into me doing music started. And I did hear that you're also a model or used to model. How did you fall yeah. into that? <laughs> um, yeah, I I got approached on the street when I was like, I was 13 or 14. And um, my still now agent was like this mad woman running down the street at me. And I was like, I didn't know what was going on. And um, well, back then, so this is like 2005, six-ish. Back then, models didn't look like... I looked, it was like muscular guys and like hyper-masculine, you know, whatever. And I think that was like the transition when I started. I, got, I started doing it like, like full-time when I was 16, 17. Um, she just said, do you want to go to Paris for Fashion Week? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I not. Um, so I got there and then I quickly realized, wow, there's a lot of like skinny, lanky kids like me here. And then it just took off and then it was like a 10-year a 10 year trip and it was like 200 shows and I flew all over the planet and it was really, really sick. Well, the way you explain it, it sounds like a lot of red flags because over here in Australia, we're like stranger danger. If anyone approaches you, you don't, <laughs> you don't go to them or speak to them. So when you say a crazy radio ran up to you and went, you want to be a model? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I think, but do you know what might've helped? I had a friend of mine with me. I think if I'd, if I'd have been by myself, I'd have said no, no, no. But I think because he was kind of, he was taller than me because I, I was like a little kid and then I just shot up. He was like taller than me and he was like, oh, he had a bit of muscles and he, he was like starting to get like facial hair and I had none of that. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be a model. Cool, because I want to like, <laughs> like flex on him. Um, but yeah, who, who could have known that it was like, would consume basically my entire 20s. How did yeah. your parents feel about you being a model? Mom was kind of like, oh, this is exciting and cool. And, you know, and dad, my dad worked at the same company for 40 years. My granddad was a carpenter. So it's kind of like, and I grew up in Germany. So it's like this post-war generation was like, you get a job and you make sure you can put money away. And he didn't quite understand the concept because there is no concept. And it's like, there is no trial and error. It's like either you get flung into it and it works out or it doesn't. But I think like a couple of years down the line when he started seeing like, oh, he's traveling a lot. He's moving to these places and he's he take care of himself. I think he was like cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then now you're in the music industry, which is just as rough and unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. How do they feel about that one? The move to um, the music industry? So, I mean, I, I played, I played in bands when I was younger and 
there it was kind of the like not reverse mom was really proud as well but my dad because i learned them like the love and the passion for music because he's like he'd wear a suit every day mm. and he's like he'd come home and then you'd, he'd suddenly like sit down and listen to his music music and that's where he let his guard down so that's why i always saw music as like this um like this love this passion so when I started making music, he got that he was really proud, and he was like, "Oh, this is great!" Because I think he would have always wanted he he I think he always wanted to learn how to yeah. play music, um, but um, that was just like never in the cards. So I guess me doing it now, he's like he's still kind of like, "So how are you going to earn money?" <laughs> but then he's also like, "Yeah, he's also yeah." He loves it. He's really like my mom keeps telling me he's like looking at the numbers on Spotify. Like he'd never tell me, but he's like cuting out. Yeah. He's probably half your listeners. <laughs> just has it on the <laughs> He's got like an extra computer that just plays like, like just repeat songs for weeks on end. Did you find the transition easy from modeling to music? Um well i kind of always felt like i was a musician and then then i became a model so like Mm. like within me not really but then also just like um because modeling i started and then i was i started at the top really quickly and then it just like over 10 years just trickled down and then i could just like be like okay cool this is like that was fun this is done music's completely different beast because you just start at zero and then you have unrealistic expectations or naive expectations and like oh this song's gonna get like millions of streams because it's good music Mm. like every musician will say that about their music so I went in with that expectation and then it just started getting beaten out of me whereas like the first if the first song I released in the first day got 800 streams and I was devastated but then I look back now and I was like, wow, that's actually like 800 people listen to that song. Because mm. I'm like, no, but like nobody, nobody knows me. So it was like, I did have to adjust. Um, but I knew it was going to be equally as cutthroat, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did kind of jump in at the right time because through your modeling phase, you needed a record label to get anywhere. But now that this day and age, you can release music from your home computer, which is probably great for you, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a good time. Like, it's it's just made everything like easy and accessible for people. Like, there could be someone down the street here. The window on the other side could be writing the next number one hit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, digitalization of music is crazy. What was the biggest learning curve for you for the music industry? Um, I think in the industry, because I understood, like, I I quickly understood how to connect the dots, and I was talking to a lot of other musicians and industry people. That was um, that was kind of just like quick because I was interested. I wanted to learn, but then I think the hardest thing for me was um, mentally. I was putting so much pressure on it, and I was putting so much pressure on myself, and like things that shouldn't matter like for me it was like super important how many streams a song got at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. then i just i was like well 
it doesn't really matter because if I think that it's a it's a good song, and I don't even have to look at the end of the day how many streams it has. Like it, it just it was a very freeing experience. But the first like let's say seven or eight months were kind of just I was just I was just miserable because mm. it's like the parameter of success, and I think that's the same problem with media and TikTok and all that bullshit. It's like what is the parameter of success today? And it's like all numbers. And we need to, like, I had to detach myself because I was getting sick from it. Yeah. So, yeah. You've only been releasing music for a while now. 2020, I think, is when you started. I think that's what your discography says. Yeah, I think. Have you ever? Six, six days. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever felt like giving up? So, yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Well. I think when I had that realization that I that it doesn't the numbers don't count and I'm just enjoying it, just enjoy it for doing it, like for the sake of doing it. Um, I think it was just like really liberating, and then I could just kind of just like if I don't care, hmm. like I don't have to care what other people think. But then it's just yeah, I think it's gotten better since then. But there was some there was a point where I was just like I can't do this anymore. But that was because I was just putting too much pressure on myself. And what would you be doing if you weren't in the music industry and or modeling? What do you think you would have ended up doing? Oh, well, I think it's more down to like, what if, what would I be doing if I hadn't um, started modeling? To be fair, I probably would have started in music much earlier. And um, I think around that time when it kicked off, I was like looking into studying sound sound design and engineering and stuff but then i figured out oh that's a lot of physics so i, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like no i can't do that um but yeah i think it would have either way would have been like something creative like and i always need an outlet yeah um back to your modeling i just want to have a few questions about it what's the strangest thing that's happened to you while modeling like on the runway or either just like in the modeling industry gotta try and think i've got to like fade it for like because i've been doing it so long it's it almost it became like completely normal but it's like <laughs> um i don't know i was in like at a party in a hotel room with paint moss and that was like holy shit and then there was like i was on a private jet and it was just very, very surreal. Yeah. It was like everything you kind of see in the movies um, and people tell you about modeling, it kind of happened. Um, so it just the, the whole experience of everything, like being engulfed by it. And um, there was like points, I think there was points where I lost myself, definitely, where I was being a dick because I just like, you're blinded by the flashing lights. But now I can look back and I was like, oh, that was cool. But I don't think I'd want to do that again. Yeah. What's a common misconception about modeling, like within the industry? I mean, it it kind of goes against what I just said, but it is not the high life. Like you are living out of a suitcase. You're by yourself most of the times. You are in shitty hotels. And then if you get far enough to realize you, you're basically 
you're you're getting paid for not anything you've ever worked for. So you're born that way and you look that way and they don't book you for your personality. And then if you don't get booked for your face, Mm. it's like you're kind of, well, what's left, right? So it is... It's a, it's a super weird one because society keeps telling you, oh, that's, it's like, oh, it's so cool to be a model. But then you're like, but I haven't worked for it. I'd rather like have, be like people look at me and be like, oh, that's really cool. Or I want to be like that or aspirational for something that I've actually done. But modeling's mm-hmm. kind of, it is hard work, but then you getting in, there's no, you don't do an apprenticeship. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> you get a lift of places you've got to go. For castings, and they're like, well, here's a list. Well, back when I started, here's a list. Here's a map. It's my first time in Paris. And they're like, fuck off then. Go <laughs> make money. You know? And then then either it works or it doesn't. It's, a bit, it's very surreal. So it's cutthroat. Um, and I don't know how I've stuck around so long. But, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Someone wants to try it out. Cool. Go for it. But, um I think they should have a chat with someone that's done it beforehand and like go through, right. Are you built for this or should you be doing this at this mm-hmm. point in your life? Was it hard to keep up your appearance? Like, cause it, it is what you said. You need to be a certain way or is it just, you just did everything normal? No. I, well, for, for, for us guys, it was kind of, I think we're like just tall guys that have a really good metabolism um so there was never that much pressure and we were just eating mcdonald's because that was a that was all we could afford, and b it was like the quickest meal we could get because we were literally working 22 hour days it's sadly it's much worse or the pressure is much higher for girls because a there's much more money the industry is more cutthroat and um just the agencies i mean i remember i lived in new york for a while um and the girls would have a 10 o'clock curfew. Like, they had to be at home at 10 o'clock. They had to tell the agency what they'd eaten of the day. They had to go keep in, go in and, like, keep checking their waist sizes. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was bad. But this is, a, this is, like, seven, eight, nine years ago. But um, thankfully now you can see that shift that it's changing, that there is body positivity and that, mm. like, no one wants to see... I I just never understood it if there's like um, a campaign for this massive brand and it's just like three skinny white boys <laughs> on the billboard that like nobody can relate to. Mm. Um, so thank God there's a, there's a massive change in that now. So it's getting better. I do want to circle back. You said McDonald's was kind of the only thing you could afford. I assume the industry doesn't pay well? Well, that's at the that was kind of at the beginning, and um, to be fair, it was the only th- or time like you didn't have time to sit down and eat. Mm. Um, you'd normally have your first casting around eight o'clock, and that went till so you're like running through town from eight till at least eight, and then you've got your fittings in the evening. So that's for the shows that you kind of have 90% booked you go you try on the clothes and then you have fittings all night and that can go up to like four or five in the morning then you try and get two or three hours of sleep 
and then you're up again. But you don't like you try and you can't eat. It's just like nonstop because you finish somewhere and you want to sit down. The agency's like you need to run back right now. It's just hectic. That sounds insane. You did say that the fittings yeah. and stuff. You did model for Louis Vuitton, Versace, and Dior. What's the craziest thing they put you in? Like you see the modeling runways and it's just like outrageous shit. And you're like, what the fuck are those? Who is ever going to wear them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, uh, let me think. What's the craziest shit? I don't know. But luckily, I don't know. For some reason, I um, I, a lot of brands for some, well, I think because I fit a suit really well. They'd always put me in in a nice suit, so I'd always be more in, in on the suit side. And it's normally like the what's the craziest look? I'm trying to think. I mean, I think I've had the whole job lot done. I've had like um, like colors in my face, or I've had I have worn heels. Um, I might have had a bit of a heel sometime, but I've never had something like out like really crazy yeah <laughs> but um, i think in the latter stage of my of my career i was kind of like hoping to get something where i was like right i've done suits for eight years now they give me some crazy shit but it kind of always stuck with the suits They're like hey, you get into this you look at it like how the fuck do i fit in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's some mad ones but then i don't know i think when I start off, I would see crazy things and I was like, oh, I don't understand. Or, well, that's weird. And I'd be sat there and I was like, why? I don't get it. But because I had an interest in fashion from day one, I learned a lot about fashion so that now when I see something mad, I can pinpoint pop culturally where that's from and how they've approached it and how it will then apply to like be changed to look in the shop. Um, so yeah, so it makes sense to you. Like, I think so. Most things, yeah, yeah. Because to me, it just looks like outrageously big shit just hanging off someone as they walk down, and it's just like, who is ever going to wear that, and who is ever going to buy? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but I mean, there's always there's the runway looks, and then when it comes to like what gets commercialized they're going to like strip that down and those colors were going to come become like a jacket or something like they won't go too mad. Oh, okay. But it's just a concept. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's about the storytelling. Um, if you feel comfortable speaking about it, how was your COVID experience? Cause I know the UK went through absolute hell uh, a year yeah. ago. How was that for you mentally, physically, and just all around personally? Well, when COVID, I was living in Milan, Italy, when COVID came, like, kind of yeah. people started using words, and Italy got hit first in Europe. So it was like, it went straight from China, and Italy was like the first hotspot. Um, so me and my fiance, we just, we kind of just, we were kind of done there anyway, because she was finishing her job. So we just packed up and we left. And we went to, um, went to see our parents who were in, in, in Germany. Um, and then it just got within, that was beginning of March. And then by mid end of March, I think we had like lockdowns everywhere. So we ended up spending 
six months in in Germany, um, and then we moved to London in September of last year. So the six months in Germany for me was quite liberating because my parents live in a forest. I switched off social media, and I could just really like I had time to build a relationship with my parents again, and I don't, I don't know. It was kind of okay. Um, and then when we moved to the UK in September, uh, everything went to shit again. And that one was rougher, I think. Um, I don't know if it was due to the, like, because I knew I was in London and everything was new. But, um, yeah, I think the worst it got was, like, around February, March. Because at that point, it was just, like, oh, definitely have enough. But can't complain because there's a lot of people that have been a lot worse off and that have suffered and lost family members. So, um, yeah, it was like, it was in the end, I looked back and was like, everything was fine. Everything was good. But how about you guys? Are you guys still, you're not, are you still in lockdown? It wasn't as bad as what our news made it out to be. I don't know what they told you over there, but I was still going to McDonald's, um, the shops and stuff like that. Like you guys couldn't leave your house. (laughs) Like there were some areas yeah, no. here in Australia where you couldn't leave either, but where I am, we could still do things. It wasn't too crazy. I was still working. I was still doing all things normal. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's I can't good. complain either, which is a blessing, I guess. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your interactive game. Oh, yeah. What is your highest score? Because mine was... 3,570. That's not very high, but <laughs> it's intense. It's a very good game, like surprisingly. Yeah. So, yeah, the game. So, that was Cla- my, my friend Claudio Cimini from Italy made that game because um, I didn't want to do a music video. I think my <laughs> high score was, what was that, 12,000 or something. But that, like, I helped him develop the game. So, I was like the, the guinea pig for everything. Mm. So I just got really good at it, I guess. And by the time it was out, I was like, I could do it blindfolded. But yeah, then the game was, I was kind of sick and tired of, I didn't want to do a music video. And I was like, how can we just get people to, I don't know, how, what can we do that's like kind of different? And I think I'd found my old Game Boy around that time. And I was just like, surely it must be quite easy to make like a 2D game now. It wasn't that easy. But um, he figured it out, and it was that. Yeah, that was super sick. I bet you wished you just did a music video at the end of it. <laughs> I think at the end of it, he. I think at the end of it, he wished that I did just a music video because I was. I was like, ah, oh, but that's not right. Like, I think I can be a pain in the ass sometimes because I like perfectionist doesn't make sense because create creation has nothing to do with perfection. But I'm like very specific. So I think by the end of it, he was just like, Do you know what, mate? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Is it, you should be able to, you should port it to um, iPhone, make it an app. I feel like, it, I feel like it'd be a decent app. There's some shit ones out there. So I feel like that'd be a good game. I think it is. I think I've just never told anyone. Let me just check. I think I've actually got the app or the game. Because I've, I've clicked the link and I went to some, like a Safari browser, like a, in a browser web page. Yeah. Yeah, something no, like I've that. I have got yeah. the app, but 
Yeah, but I think the problem is if you want to then sell it on the... There was something wrong with selling it on the App Store or something. Oh. But also, we, we at the beginning, we were like, right, we want to make this as easy for people as possible. So if I would have been like, hey, guys, I brought this song out. Uh, just go to the App Store, download this, <laughs> put your info in. Then we're like, yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah. Like, people want everything one click away, right? Yeah. Well, as soon as you say go to, they're like, nah, next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, 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 no. That wouldn't have worked. Um, when you're not being Andrew, the model or musician, what are you doing? Like, what, what do you do in your downtime? Um, I love sports. I'm obsessed with sports, watching sports, playing sports. So I play tennis, I play football, play golf. Um, and then what I watch anything. So that's like a lot of my time, but I just, just like hanging out with, with loads of friends that do loads of different things. Um, like I'll have a good combo. Like if, if I know I've got, it's Friday night, like I don't do clubs. Like I'll go to a gig here and there, but my, like the perfect Friday night is like having a dinner at someone's house and just a couple of beers and just like talking until we fall asleep. <laughs> Love a good chat. Um, so yeah, it's just like very simple, boring, almost just normal, like everyday stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a big yeah. high life popping bottles in no. the club and stuff. No, <laughs> I, I haven't been in a club in, over four years, like that, those days are done. Probably good for the liver and the soul and the heart. <laughs> I don't know how I used to do it, but like, if I have if I have one beer now, I have a hangover. I used to like just go off it. Yeah, no better now. Um, what was your first live performance like? Speaking of clubs, like the first time you stepped on the stage to sing anything, or have you not had one yet? Yeah, I was, it was, oh, hold on, I've got the date. It was this um, 4th of September, 2006 or 7. So it must have been 15. It was my band back in the day, we were called Tommy and the Krauts. And we played in like the youth centre around like where we lived. And nobody expected anything from us because all our mates were there and they were just like, what are you playing the concert? What are you talking about? And then we got on stage and we had like, we were, we were doing covers, right? We were, play, we were a cover band. So we played, um, we played, we did Black Keys. We did Set You Free, Have Love, Will Travel. We did Ruby from the Kaiser Chiefs. We did Shipping Up to Boston, Dropkick Murphys. We did... Fly away from Lenny Kravitz. So we were just like on a rock star kind of kind of vibe. And because they didn't expect anything and they were all pissed, they just went off. It, it was like, the I'll never forget the experience. It was crazy. I was doing, I was crowd surfing. <laughs> like there was just like people on stage. It was just nuts. And we were 15. I think, yeah, that was like the great, one of the greatest days of my life. And that was the first experience. I think it, I've got a video of it as well. It sounded horrific. <laughs> My voice was gone by half, half, like halfway through, but we had the best time ever. It was brilliant. Did you get the band back together? So we only see each other once a year. For, oh. We meet up around Christmas once a year, and we don't see each other for the whole year. And we don't really write or text with each other for, for the whole year. But, um, yeah, we're meeting next month 
and we have we do have, it's like a 10 minute status quo talk on what everyone's doing and then it's just a major piss up talking about old times but i don't think i don't think we're going to get back together because everyone's just like i'm in london another guy's in in cologne where we grew up another guy's in berlin so everyone's just like got their own shit going logistical nightmare anyway yeah, yeah. yeah. just for a bit of fun i think it would be, be a bit too much I bet every time you guys sit down around Christmas, it's like, we should get the band back together. And then as it ends, it just kind of just dies there as everyone leaves. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those, I'll text you tomorrow about jamming and then it just never happens. <laughs> um, I did notice that like, I, it might not be a big deal for you. It's not a big deal for me, but anyone else following you, Rita Aura started following you on Instagram. I don't know how long ago, but what was that notification like? <laughs> I was with her. Like, I, know, I know Rita through a mutual friend. And when okay. I moved to London, she she came over to the friend's house that I was living with at the beginning. And um, we were just like having, having a couple of drinks, had a dinner, and we just really got on. And we've got the same sense of humor. So we were just pissing ourselves all night. And then we just kept in, kept in touch ever since. Yeah, she's sick. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. <laughs> For you to go, yeah, I know her. She's all right. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought she followed you yeah. from your like, No, I don't think she followed me. No, that was, it was like from a dinner. And then, yeah, just kind of, it was weird. But yeah. then it was like kind of normal. But I met her just as like, hi, I'm Rita. And I was like, hi, I'm Andrew. How you doing? You want a beer? And I was like, yeah. What, what are you saying? It was like, oh, she's, she's completely normal. Yeah, well, most artists are. That's kind of why I do this, to show people that artists aren't the high pedestal you put them on. They're still normal people like yourself who just like to chat and have a dinner. Exactly, man. Yeah. Who is your inspiration out of everybody now, nowadays? Or are you still back on the oh. old school stuff? Um. It's like it's like this list that keeps growing and then keeps I keep deducting and keep adding. Um, I mean, the the so the universe formed around ACDC kind of because that was like the first music I listened to where I consciously was like, holy shit. Um, but then there's loads of people that like any musician that I like is an inspiration to me, and I think this week I've been listening to. Do you know Deb Never from? She's from LA. She's amazing. Um, and then uh, Dive a lot. Been listening to Palace. Like I'm on my on my indie vibe again right now. Um, a month ago, obviously, it was like a lot of hip hop because Kanye and Drake and Baby Keem and Tyler's like Tyler Tyler's album. Um, so call me if you get lost is for me the greatest hip hop album that ever came out. So Tyler's like the goat. Yeah. But I can, I, I easily pull inspiration from anything. Like, and that's what I spend my entire day kind of doing. It could be, um, I don't know, a guy that invented something that just helped someone. I'm like, sick. Like that's my kind of, I wake up and I'm like, right, what can I, what can I concentrate my vision on, like my my concentration on, that is 
good for me that I can then tell other people or I can converse with people that know that as well. And then how can I just block out all the bullshit that just isn't for me, that isn't healthy for me? So anything, yeah. Yeah. Does that answer the question? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, who's your, like, what is your inspiration? But anything is kind of uh, the answer. Because yeah, if you can draw inspiration from, as you said, someone creating something for someone else, and you're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it can it's just like even it doesn't have to be any um anything material either it can just be like if you see like something nice happening on the street that puts a smile on your face i mean and that sounds like a kind of like corny cliche kind of thing but i love it like i'm walking through i saw there's this one guy outside my work that um he sits in front of the supermarket and he he must live around there somewhere on the street and i there's like this taste of me and maybe like four five six other people that i see that are always like checking like mate what do you need and then we go in the supermarket we get them water we get them this and this and this and i thought it was just me doing it but then i saw it was like four or five other people were doing it as well and i was like all right cool that's the gang like yeah. i've never spoke to them probably never will but yeah that, i like stuff like that you know what it's probably humbling to know that you have such a mass following as it is but you're not the one on social media going i'm giving this guy a bottle of water i'm giving this guy like some food it's it's yeah. good that you do shit in the background i find it you don't need to record everything oh man no because then the the, the premise on why you're doing it is completely off yeah um yeah social media is a weird, weird is a weird one like i've completely kind of I post stuff here and there, but the last seven posts have just been like new singles out. Here's the music video. And then it goes quiet. And then it's like new single out. Here's the music video. And then it just goes quiet again. Cause I just like, you know, yeah. maybe that's why I think it would help my music if I did much more, but I'm not going to do anything that is good for me. You know? Yeah. Well, you got to look out for yourself first before you look out for your fans and all that first, because you can't yeah. be you if you can't perform or do anything. Exactly. Um, I do have a bunch of questions that I fire off at everyone. They're all exactly the same. It's just to get to know you a little bit better more than what we have now. But um, what's your favorite food, man? Uh, ramen or sushi. Yeah. Yeah. What's the hype Japanese about sushi? All day. I'm never big on sushi. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't, I've got this weird relationship with sushi where I, I went because I, I never liked, I didn't like fish growing up. And then I tried sushi and it was like fresh and it was like, oh, sick. And then I was like, what's this sauce? And then I was like, oh, and so I found soy sauce that goes with it. Then I figured out there's wasabi. I, like, this is like in a two year period to each other. So I ate it, just sushi, then sushi, soy sauce. Then I found wasabi. And now I've found the ginger to go with it. So it's like a six year. I've now figured out how to eat sushi. And I'm, ah, oh, it's good, man. You've got to, you've got to get it right. You've got to Sounds like your whole together. life just changed. Yeah, 100%. It's like, what the fuck is this That's green right. thing? It's like, ah, oh, it's wasabi. <laughs> then someone's like, yeah. you sprinkle ginger on it yet? You're like, what? And then you just. No. It's literally me. I'm like, what's that? What's that fucking pink stuff? And it's like, oh, it's like pink and ginger. And I was like, 
I don't know, mate. And then I'll try it. And then it's just like, as if I've eaten sushi for the first time. Um, Netflix or Disney Plus? Uh, Netflix. Yeah. I haven't got Disney. I used to have Disney Plus. Yeah. What are you watching on Netflix Uh, at the moment? So today, because I've been in bed all day, I'd I'd never seen um, Tiger King. So I literally just watched. um, I started the first season yesterday, and then I did the first season and the second season today, just up to this call. Hmm. Um, Um, Yeah, I never got into it. I didn't really jump in. That and Squid Games, I never jumped into that one either. Squid Games, I was also holding off. I was like, ah, what's all this crazy about? Because every, because anytime everything's like super, like, oh, have you seen this? And the whole world is like making memes about it. I'm normally like, oh no, fuck this. I don't want any part of this. Yeah. I kind of pull out, but I'm catching up. And now I'm like going to friends a year later. I'm like, dude, did you see Tiger King? They're like, you're such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on that anymore. It's Squid Games. <laughs> oh, exactly. Okay, that's. <laughs> I watched the game. It's it's rough though. Like, yeah, yeah. But I get played in the butt. Um, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Yeah, always. What are you playing on PlayStation? FIFA. Only FIFA, FIFA ever. I buy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I buy one game, one game a year since uh, two thousand and three. And that's FIFA. And I've, I've never bought a different game. It's that's very fun. Europe of you. <laughs> oh, mate. Football is my religion. Yeah? What's yeah. your favourite team? I have no so idea about German, German, so. My German team is Bayer Leverkusen. I don't know if you know them. They're like, they're like top five teams in Germany and then my, my English team's Chelsea. Okay. So, yeah. okay. good, good winning streak at the moment. I'm a happy boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know fifa is also interesting i never got into that one either it's just i don't i can't see the big hype around it it's like nhl or like the the madden it's like i don't know sports is sports if you want to play it to yeah. outside <laughs> i don't know that's just me <laughs> yeah I, I don't know why i got i think it's just like i don't know you're trying to reenact the best goals you could ever imagine and then there's just, just something addictive to it. Plus, you get all nerdy on the stats, and I'm like, oh, Ronaldo's pace gone up to 92. And I was like, oh, fuck, but Messi's pace is on 93. It's like shit like that. I really get into it. Yeah. And your partner turns around and goes, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she like, started picking up on it already. She's like, she knows when I'm talking, talking about who or whatever sport I'm talking about. She, she rolls her eyes. Yeah. But she she knows what's going on. <laughs> um, what's your biggest conspiracy? Oh. Oh. oh my days. I'm not probably it's probably gonna be something with football that <laughs> sorry. It's literally that Cristiano Ronaldo is the greatest player to ever play. And like people are gonna come after me in the comments. Like, but that's my conspiracy. I do not like Lionel Messi. Is not mm-mm. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a bit different considering, like you know, people are like oh nine eleven's fake, but you yeah, know, 
if you're going to go down that road and you want you want to be attacked, let's go down that road. <laughs> Probably get more attacked for the fucking football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And when would you say you've made it in the music industry? Um. I don't know. It's like, what's the what's the what's the parameter for that? I think I love that Rick Rubin quote where he's like, "The second you put something out, you're already a hundred percent successful." So it's just like that's already success in itself. But then maybe someone on the street coming up and being like, "Oh, I heard your song that I don't know." I don't know because then that may seem bigger than how i feel it is because mm. i'm not seeing the faces that are listening to this music so yeah maybe that being able to put face on give a, give give the like the music a face that isn't me yeah well i assume your first performance when that happens you will see it a crowd of people and you'll be like oh this is what a thousand people look like and it'll yeah. change your whole perspective on your numbers yeah, probably. I won't believe it. At first, I'll be like, ah, oh, no, they must have like a beer on the beer here. For like, <laughs> beer on the beer. It can't be because of me, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I do have a question to find out what your school system is like overseas. I ask every overseas international person this, just to figure out what you know about Australia and what they teach you. So what's something you know about Australia? Um... I mean, I don't know anything. I don't necessarily know the school system um, in Australia. I I know because a friend of mine has now has permanent residency over there, and that the system is kind of like whoever wants to come and move to Australia. There's certain jobs hmm. that you need uh, that when Australia is like, oh, we need more chefs, or we need more this or that, then those people are more likely to be able to then come over. And, and work, that's one thing I know, but I don't know. Is the school system similar to the, because to, I didn't go to school in the UK, I went to school in America and in Germany. Oh, that's right. You so, were around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe. So I, I'll give you a pass then for not knowing anything about Australia, because <laughs> they probably wouldn't have taught you anything in the US, and I don't think they teach you much about Australia in Germany either. No, because I, we didn't, I think, is it because like in English school, you get taught like Commonwealth and like the history of everything, but I never had that because going to school in Germany, it was like, obviously we were hammered with the second world war. Um, so that's all we, we ever talked about in, um, in Germany because the schools were like, right, we've got to drill this into them to make sure they know how fucked up this was um so yeah but what is is it like so is it like primary school middle school high school and then college the system oh here it's um it is so we go from as low as like preschool which is like zero to five and then you got yeah primary school and then high school and then uh yeah university or college okay yeah so how old are you when you like done done Depends what you study. If you do some bullshit in university, you could be there to like 28. But I think the average is around about 21 to 25, give or take. All right. That's good, though, because 
then that means so what you've got primary school you've got like high school and then when you go to but how many people start going to uh, like what's the percentile average of people that send that then go to university jeez <laughs> um that's a good question um i didn't go myself so right that's a very good question i could probably look but it up then, if, you, if you want to know i mean i can i can check as well but then that means you're kind of then you're done by like 18 19 yeah it's not school. it's not mandatory yet if you if you don't want to go to uni you don't really need yeah. to it's not like the the states where universities end all be all yeah, like you, yeah, can, yeah. you can drop out at year 12, which is the end of high school, and then get a job. Yeah. But if you want to be something higher or study something more in depth, then you go on to uni. Yeah, that's that's more like the, the German systems like that as well. So you've got like preschool, you've got, um, you, you go from preschool straight to the school that will be basically your middle and high school all in one. And then you finish uh, like when you're 18, 19. And then you can choose to carry on or not. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say to the next generation who wants to be in the music industry and or the modeling industry? Any advice? Um, I think the music industry is like, for people that are younger, it's much easier but more difficult to kind of find your voice because like music is sold differently mm. so it's like over tiktok you can blow up right and your songs are a minute long because they're meant to be played on tiktok i'm cool with that um but i'm kind of like i don't know i'm like a purist so i'm like just dig a bit deeper um but i'm not saying that the whole younger generation is like that um i don't know i think they're doing sick like the music that's coming out is really really sick um so they're always gonna find their own way and then modeling um try and get a lot of money and fuck off <laughs> make get the bag and run I feel like that's yeah. the music industry as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe applies to both. It's like, get the fucking bag and get out. But no. Um, I just fucking enjoy it, I guess. I think that's the most grown-up thing I've ever said, but it's just like, don't forget why you started, because you just love music. Yeah. you have anything to say to your ever-going fan base? Um, yeah, just like, Cheers for, for giving the, like, listening to the songs and giving cool feedback. And uh, yeah, I've got hopefully some more stuff coming soon. What can we expect from you soon? Anything? Album? EP? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got maybe another single or two and then, and then album. So we're busy, busy on that. And it's a, definitely a, a different sound to, to the songs that are out now. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I went through your discography a couple of weeks back um, and just listened to a bunch of stuff. Like all, I think four or five songs you've got there. You don't have a lot, but like they're still pretty decent songs. Yeah. yeah. 
like considering you're an artist I, I've personally never heard of, I probably wouldn't have clicked your way if your manager didn't reach out or your AR agent. But I'm yeah. glad she did because now I am on your 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 bandwagon. I'm, I'm on your train. <laughs> that is sick. sick. Thanks, man. Cool. Love that. Love um, to hear it. What do you have to say to anyone who isn't following you? Um, I'm like, um, come give it a listen. If it's for you, it is. If it ain't, it ain't. And I think, and I hope you're having a good life. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty chilled about it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's sick. Like, I, like your smile looked like you were going to say something so like, offbeat like, <laughs> uh, I, I was hoping you were gonna say something like your smile was just like why the fuck aren't you following like <laughs> no, no, no. i'm good like whoever wants to yeah just check it out i guess yeah. um i do want to ask one more question before we wrap this up have you tried vegemite and what do you think about it oh mate is that that's like your version of marmite isn't it yeah but vegemite's better than marmite <laughs> yeah, but then, but how, like, how much? Like, I haven't had it, but I, I hate Marmite. Okay, so yeah, you won't like Vegemite. <laughs> so I'm gonna like, yeah, <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you love it or you hate it, right? But um, how do you eat your Marmite? I don't. <laughs> but English, English people, I guess they put it like my mum puts it on toast, and it's just rank, man. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I'm like traditional toast and butter, sea salted butter. Is that it? That's so basic. <laughs> like no, I told, you, I told you, I'm a basic man, <laughs> a very boring basic man. No chocolate spread, nothing, just butter, like salted butter. That's it, mate. Can't beat it. <laughs> Can't be a toast like just two sides of toast in the morning, sea salt and butter on it. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably healthier than the other breakfasts you're having while modeling. So, oh, yeah, no breakfast or beer <laughs> or something, chicken nuggets for breakfast. Nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with a 10 pack <sighs> nuggets, orange juice. <laughs> I kill for some today, yeah, man. Um, Andrew, man, thank you so much for your time and for coming on. Cheers. Thanks so much, man. Right, take care down there.